self-driving, they're going to be so cheap that uh, that's going to have a profound impact on our economy as well. Uh, not only because of the cost, but also uh, all the services that you can uh, think around a self-driving car. Yes. So uh, in the, instead of uh, investing in infrastructure for, for more cars, you can invest in AI to get less cars on the road. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's just one example. And uh, instead of uh, building more real estate to, to get together with each other, you can maybe get together in the car, which is already self-driving. Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Heads Talk with me, Elaine Pringle-Schwitter, the podcast where we talk to C-level executives, leaders of institutions, and heads of multinationals. What are the current topics? They talk, we listen. Can you imagine getting into a business or a market where you actually spend a hundred billion plus on a piece of paper. Are you kidding me? It was like a frying pan of the head. I got nothing against CFOs. It was not just the job of a lifetime, it was the job of a thousand lifetimes. My guest today was the CEO and now the Chief Visionary Officer of one of the largest electric vehicle leasing companies in the world. He and his co-founder, have some extraordinary plans ahead with autonomous vehicles. And I'll do my damnedest to find out all about this for you, dear listeners. So brace yourselves for a conversation about RoboFleet and do follow the hashtag. This is the continuation of the Automotive Series 2022 on Heads Talk today. And our conversation will be full of detailed gems and takeaways. But before we get into that, here's a brief message. Podcast with your host Elaine Pringle Schwitter. Florian Minderop is the co founder and the chief purpose and visionary officer of Mr. Green, a Dutch based Tesla fleet operator. Current figures show that Mr. Green has nearly 4,000 current model Teslas on lease. We'll find out more about this. Florian's company's brief description is renewable energy semiconductor manufacturing. And I also read a caption and I quote, Mr. Green is building a European EV robo fleet. In my research, I can guarantee you that Mr. Green is doing more than that. And Florian will tell you what I'm talking about. Prior to this, Florian has spent a number of years in various sectors to include financial services and oil and gas. I could list a lot more about his career and I've even got the data with me, but on this occasion, I think it's best coming from him. Quite a story to be told and we will get into that during the course of this discussion. Academically, Florian has a BSc and MA in economics. Let's hear from him about the topics in this series of Heads Talk. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Florian to Heads Talk. Delighted to have you here today. Well, thank you very much for having me. I'm very delighted to uh, explain a lot about what we're doing uh, within uh, Mr. Green. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Okay, um, you know the service you provide or will provide um, is really the premise of my uniform final question in this series. Therefore, this whole episode will be about this and, and the various challenges in this space. So first of all, please, for my listeners, provide us with a brief description and an introduction to your organization and the business model. Yeah, I'm very happy to do that. Um, uh, at first, uh, to describe our company, we are a, a mission-driven company. So um, our purpose uh, is to accelerate the world's uh, transition to sustainable energy. And uh, we use our hashtag and fossil fuel. And um, that's, 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 that's what we are living, what we are uh, what we're doing. And um, 
there's an uh, existential crisis that we are living in, and it started uh, already, uh, uh, I think, a few decades ago. And we started our company uh, 15 years ago, and um, we're trying to combat uh, rising oil prices. We try to combat global warming and air pollution. And um, we actually think it's not not only uh, that crisis, but it's more of a leadership crisis. So um, mm -hmm. we are um, we're actually very hopeful because we think that the, the next generation is uh, is actually uh, leading from the heart. And uh, we have always always made our decisions from our heart as well and from our consciousness. And um, so we are very hopeful. And I think hope is very important in these in these times. So. Um, and we found a, a, a terrific partner in that, uh, Tesla, and uh, with uh, uh, the support of Elon Musk, of course, um, mm -hmm. which uh, we learned that, that his, his uh, mission and his vision is, uh, is corresponding with our, with our own mission and our own vision. And uh, mm -hmm. we are actually learning from each other and uh, we are learning a lot from, from Tesla, but also from the community around Tesla. Yeah. Uh, we, we call them the, the Elon fanboys and we are we are one of those we're one of the Elon fanboys and uh, we are very very bullish on uh, what's gonna um, what's in front of us for the next 10 years um, I think their uh, technology is going to play a huge part in uh, addressing the crises that we've been talking about yeah. um, we are here now for 10 years um, our story is that we uh, um, started as uh, as a pioneer in electric vehicles uh, in Amsterdam, in Europe, in the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. And I think we are one of the founding fathers of, uh, of electric mobility uh, in the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. And um, we have done a lot in the, in the first years. We're like a kind of missionaries uh, mm -hmm. starting every kind of thing in order to mm -hmm. get rid of the chicken and egg problem, which was uh, either uh, do we have enough charging infrastructure or do we have enough cars? Let's so, Expand on this um, in yeah. terms of Mr. Green. You said you started 15 years ago. This is 2007 you're talking about. You started in 2007. That's quite early in the game. What were the options there, even product options? Well, there, there were always enough options if you look at it from an entrepreneurial standpoint. Um, so we were already talking with the municipality of Amsterdam uh, to see how we uh, could could help uh, the, the 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 early 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 um, adopters of of electric transport and and, uh, and in those days it, it weren't cars but it were uh, electric scooters for example and electric bikes mm -hmm. and uh, the first neighborhood electric vehicles and mm -hmm. we said we need charging infrastructure for these for these people. So um, let's uh, let's make these people a kind of VIP, very important people, um, and uh, give them a, a head start. So why don't we put in charging infrastructure within the municipality and give them free parking and free charging? And uh, the municipality was actually very very happy to uh, to offer that to to those people instead of. Uh, giving them a, a, a fee for for entering the, the municipality with the gasoline car so they could they could actually bring a, a positive signal to the world yeah 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 okay so and you, you work both with corporations and private individuals yeah so that that's how we started we, we started with municipalities and um, but um, 
we started with a, a leasing concept. Um, so uh, we first started with scooters and then neighborhood electric vehicles and then electric cars. Mm -hmm. As of 2013, uh, we started uh, leasing out uh, Teslas as well because Tesla was coming to the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, we learned that uh, um, during those years that um, uh, the total cost of ownership of an electric vehicle is actually lower than the total cost of ownership of a um, similar uh, ICE vehicle, an uh, internal combustion engine vehicle. I think it's the one of cost that puts people when you look at electric vehicles, because they're quite expensive. So, so your leasing option is almost a, a godsend. Well, um, exactly. So, we, we, sorry. Yeah. So we we showed them that it was actually cheaper. Yeah. Uh, but people uh, only look at the sticker price and they don't look at the running cost. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Now, what I want what I want to understand with your model, your leasing model, I think most people understand leasing the leasing concept. Why would customers lease? From you, instead of directly from, say, Tesla, which is I think the, your, your main fleet. Um, what are you offering for this? And I hate this phrase, but that's the, the only thing that comes to mind: the middleman service. What are you offering in the middleman service that they can't go directly to Tesla? Yeah. Well, um, at first, uh, Tesla doesn't offer the full operational lease that we offer. So they do offer a lease service, but that's financial lease. So that's a that's a different uh, proposition. Um, and uh, full operation lease, you can uh, see it like a, it's kind of a subscription. Mm -hmm. So um, we we buy the cars from Tesla and we offer them as a subscription to our clients. Mm -hmm. And um, we actually take out the whole, um, uh, all, all the problems which are uh, correlated with uh, owning a car. Mm -hmm. So, um, we are we are not a middleman, but we are actually uh, working together with Tesla to uh, give them a, a, a kind of a service, which makes uh, owning a Tesla even easier. All right. So so, so we we are we we are so complementary. You offer something a bit more and probably slightly different from what Tesla would. Tesla leasing is very different from what you offer. That's that's what you're telling me, right? Yeah. yeah. So that, yeah, definitely. So we are we, we, we are more of a service company than Tesla is. Tesla is more a, a production company and yeah. offers uh, their, their products with it, with a financial lease, but we also offer all kinds of different services like uh, uh, problems when you have uh, 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 you want your tire to be replaced. We offer insurance. We um, offer charging services, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Okay. We're going to go back to Mr. Green. We're going to talk some more about Mr. Green and what you're doing and future plans in a minute. But first, let's talk a bit about um, Florian, you, uh, your role. Firstly, how do you go about going from, because, you know, normally when I have a, a guest on the show, I do a little bit of research and I, and I watched a clip of you talking about your sort of career to date. I thought that was pretty interesting. And I want to know, how, how do you go from, economics and banking to oil and gas to a sort of a complete full circle now to the electric vehicle sector and what is the role of the chief purpose and vision officer for for mr green i've never had one of those on heads talk before so enlighten my listeners to the position and content <laughs> okay well thank you very much well it's actually pretty simple but i will explain the whole story but uh, yeah, i've already say the end of the story i i fired myself <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I was uh, I was done with do, with doing the stuff I I, I was doing. So um, I I I tried to reinvent myself, and I think that's that's the basis of uh, of my whole uh, career is uh, looking at myself and looking at uh, what am I good at and what am I uh, really enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. So. Um, and if, if you look at that from two axes, it actually gets pretty easy to only do the things that you're really good at and you have fun doing. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, that, that that has been a whole journey for me as well. Um, uh, it started uh, when I was a young guy. Uh, I, I was born and raised in Venezuela, which mm-hmm. is an oil company. And um, my dad was working for the oil industry. And um, he always brought me to this uh, ventures he was uh, he was visiting, and I was always smelling the the, uh, the oil, and I was uh, I'm I'm really addicted to that smell. I I really like it. <laughs> uh, but you're in the wrong business then. Um, no, I'm I'm actually uh, my my um, my my whole idea, and uh, I think uh, when I grew up, I I went studying in the United States, and uh, I learned a lot about entrepreneurial. Uh, mindset in the United States uh, compared to the European mindset. And uh, um, then I studied economics in Amsterdam. And then I started working at a financial institution. And uh, I I learned a lot about finance, but uh, I couldn't um, uh, really put in my inspiration into my work, my my ideas. So I said, I want to do something more entrepreneurial. I want to do something more uh, in in a what smaller kind of environment so i found this company uh, which was working in the oil and gas industry and i thought hey i like that smell i like a small company and i'm going to see what what kind of role i can play there mm-hmm. and uh, i've learned a lot during that period because i learned that uh, the the oil and gas industry was uh, was actually getting uh, old and acquainted and had all these um, yeah, these problems surrounded with them and i learned that only it was also very inefficient. So one, one liter of gasoline was actually only 10% efficient. So um, the whole internal combustion engine was on its end as well, I learned. So I thought this, this industry is ripe for disruption and ripe for, for, for new entrants and for new technology. Mm. And th- that was my moment I said, okay, now, I, now I, I have to do it on my own and I have to, I have to take this big step and, and just start a company with the mission to end fossil fuel. And uh, that's that's what kept me alive. Uh, the to, to do something which is bigger than myself, uh, which is uh, uh, a humongous problem. Um, but there there's always hope, and there's always there's always a way to just start small, uh, earn your money with that, and uh, and and see what kind of business you can run from that. So uh, that's 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 how I uh, started, and uh, during that whole journey of, of being an entrepreneur, I, I really learned a lot about myself as well. And mm-hmm. uh, I became more conscious and uh, became more conscious about my shortcomings and my, uh, my, my own personal uh, dilemmas. And, uh, and uh, that's why I, at a certain moment said, okay, we have built our company to uh, more than 50 persons. And uh, right now I'm actually managing everybody, mm-hmm. but am, am I the right person to manage these people? Um, and, uh, and, and I learned, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm more of an entrepreneur. I'm more of a, a dreamer, uh, somebody who is always looking into the future. And, uh, instead of being a manager. So uh, 
my co-founder Mark and uh, and myself, um, we are we are both not car guys. That's how, how we call ourselves. So we have, we have nothing with the car industry, but we are we are mission driven. And and we learned two years ago that we are not managers as well. So we we fired ourselves. <laughs> but, but yeah, because I saw that you were in the CEO position, and then you moved from the CEO to chief purpose and visionary officer. I saw. I, I think I understand that because you're, you're more sort of blue, you you're sort of thinkers and, and innovators as opposed to day to day management of the actual business that's been created. That, that's what I assume. That's what was going on in your mind while you moved from that. Am, am I right in saying that? Yeah, definitely. And uh, we also wanted to make more time for ourselves to actually uh, do the thinking and uh, do the yeah. do the, the the most uh, difficult part is is trying to to figure out what we are going to be in three years and in five years and yeah. maybe in ten years instead of only doing the day to day things. Yeah. That actually, so actually being proactive instead of reactive. So it, it's interesting because now it's no longer sort of. A, a job and a career it's almost a mission and, and stroke purpose how you know and i've read somewhere about the mission of mr green i think you stated probably it's, i think something like time ago that mr green will not rest until the use of fossil fuels for mobility disappears from the face of the earth. grand statement but how do you feel that's going in terms of what you're doing well, I'm, I'm uh, once again, I'm saying the word hopeful, but uh, I'm very hopeful at this moment because uh, the tide has changed. I mean, I think uh, uh, seven years ago, we were still swimming against the tide. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, at this moment, we are, we are surfing on a, on a tsunami. Uh, and uh, everybody is starting to get awake and everybody is, is awakening themselves from, hey, we, we, we have to stop burn uh, fossil fuels. Mm -hmm. And uh, there, there's an, a more technology advanced and more mature uh, solution right now. Mm -hmm. So there is no reason to, to not drive electric anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and um, that's why we also entered a, a next phase that we, uh, we learned that it's not only that we're getting into a, a world where everything is going to be electric, but everything is going to be autonomous as well. So that's where we got new energy again. And we said, yeah, I'm glad you've mentioned that because that's yeah. the next question. And really what the listeners are, I think, are waiting for with this is all about AVs. And so where does the, the autonomous vehicle come into your, your current offering, if at all? Well, uh, we've always focused on Tesla because they, they are mission driven and they have the same uh, um, uh, ideas and, and they are they were always uh, ahead of the pack uh, within the electric vehicle industry and the, and the car market and they are still number one and they are even accelerating as number one but they brought into their world that they also uh, want their cars to be autonomous uh, three years ago mm -hmm. and uh, we learned a lot uh, three years ago that wow if this is going to be the new future this is going to really disrupt everything because if a car is going to be self-driving, then uh, the whole business model is going to change. And, yes, um, yes, yes, indeed. I can imagine. And, and for me, actually, can, can you explain um, FSD? Am I right in saying that this is not self-driving, that you've just been talking about? It's, it's like a, a dormant hardware feature. Is it something that you can add to a vehicle? Does this appreciate its value? Perhaps give us a summary of the capabilities around this technology. 
Well, FSD stands for full self driving, but it's um, it's a software in progress, so it's in the in beta version right now, and uh, you you can see it as an assisted driver's function right now. Um, but it's 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 uh, from the ground up, so it's uh, it's uh, very gener uh, generic, mm -hmm. and um, it will eventually wake up the car to become a self-driving car. But uh, in the in the next few years, we will see it as an uh, uh, assisted driver's function, and it it's a software package you, you can buy from Tesla. Oh, so is it being used at the moment? It 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 is already used. Um, but there are uh, geographical differences. So in Europe, we uh, we call it the alpha version. Mm -hmm. um, in the US, you already have the beta version, which has a lot of more uh, specification and a lot of more capabilities of driving alone. So mm -hmm. in the United States, you can already um, uh, drive uh, on a roundabout oh. or on a sharp left turn mm -hmm. or in city streets. Uh, whereas in the, in the Netherlands and the UK, you can only drive um, or let your car drive itself on uh, on highways. Mm -hmm. So it's 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 already in uh, in use, but it's it's still learning uh, at an exponential rate. So it's getting better and better every month. Is this the step before autonomous vehicles, fully autonomous vehicles? Yeah, this is the. Um, it's like an incremental change to uh, autonomous vehicles. So um, it's it's getting. Uh, more autonomous every oh, step. Yeah. So um, there, there's there's almost like uh, the, the only thing that's left at this moment is getting the car uh, uh, from the parking place to to where you're uh, entering into the car. So that's called uh, summon summon the car. Mm -hmm. That's not really uh, ready yet, but that's that's what Tesla's working on right now. And they are saying that they will release that function uh, within a month. Oh, okay. um, actually, it would be interesting to, to get your viewpoint on this. To, to get to that fully autonomous, driverless taxi and meeting service that you, you want to do with Mr. Green, um, what does that really entail? And, and who are the main stakeholders here? If you could just paint a picture of a summary picture of, of the enormity of that starters and what does it entail it's 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 too enormous to just tell in, in, in one minute but uh, it, it is um, something that we have to realize that um, um, ai is going to change the world in the next 10 years mm. and uh, it's going to change the world in an exponential rate mm. and um, self-driving is just a subset of ai so mm. Um, yeah. we, we, uh, uh, AI is, is, is going to be it's going to yeah it's, it's going to be a part of our society. So yeah. you could uh, take ten years. You don't think sooner? Oh yeah, definitely. But in in, in the next ten years, it's going to happen a lot. That's what I mean. In in the in, in this decade, in the in the in the twenties, and um, hmm. if, so, if cars are getting uh, self-driving, they're going to be so cheap that uh, that's going to have a profound impact on our economy as well. Uh, not only because of the cost, but also uh, all the services that you can uh, think around a self-driving car. Yes. So uh, in the, instead of uh, investing in infrastructure for, for more cars, you can invest in AI to get less cars on the road. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's just one example. And 
instead of uh, building more real estate to, to get together with each other, you can maybe get together in the car, which is already self-driving. So it'd be, very, uh, it'd be completely different to how we see things now. It would pretty much be computers on wheels driving around and there'd be some form of, like you have, you know, like air traffic control, you have some car traffic control because they're all autonomous cars in the road. And therefore it's pretty much managed and controlled in that way, surely. Exactly, yeah. And, you know, I mentioned stakeholders in the previous question. I want to elaborate on that. How, what are the insurance, car insurance companies telling you about the idea of insurance around autonomous cars and autonomous cars on the road? Are they frightened? Are they excited? What, what vibes are you getting from them? Well, the car insurance company we're talking to are very excited about it because they see that autonomous cars are going to be uh, more safer, mm -hmm. far, far more safe than, uh, than a human. So what they're actually afraid of is that they don't have enough data uh, to be in business anymore. <laughs> so um, um, Tesla, for example, is, is setting up their own uh, uh, insurance company because they have the data, they have the feedback loop. Goodness, yeah. So uh, that's going to change their business model. Yes. So that's, a, that's an amortization of Tesla in terms of having that sort of service on top of all the other stuff they, they offer. Yeah. The whole thing is going to be completely different to how we're seeing it now. It's, I'm actually, it hurts my brain just to think of what's happening and how it's going to look. Okay, let's... That's, that's why it's so exciting. It, are, are, are it's you it's excited? so exciting to talk about it, but also read about it and have, 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 a, yeah, have yeah, your brain I'm think about it and uh, have discussions about it because yeah. it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen this decade. So it's going to... I do like the tools that I'm seeing. So I mean, it makes you quite excited about it. And you're wondering how soon will this be? Is this just one of those things that's not going to happen for the next 50 years or is it going to happen soon? And actually in our lifetime, it'd be very interesting to see that. Let's, um, you know, we're talking about the future, but let's continue with that, but more um, specifically about Mr. Green, Electric Fleet Company's future. Firstly, is it purely determined by Tesla and what Tesla does or and where are you with scaling, Mr. Green? Well, of course, Tesla is a very, very important stakeholder for us. Um, but um, it's, it's, it's not that we are only uh, uh, banking on, on, upon uh, what they are doing, but they are one of the most innovative companies out there. So there is still a lot of room uh, with, with, within the well, next 10 years for us to, to just uh, have an uh, entrepreneurial mindset around that. But um, we are at this moment, we are at 4,000 cars, uh, mm -hmm. fleet of 4,000 Teslas. Mm -hmm. And we want to build that fleet to uh, 15,000 in the next three years. Mm -hmm. And um, that's that's something that we are working on the, in the next three years. Uh, you're, 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 as I said, Dutch based. You're, you're based in Amsterdam, I'm right in saying that. What about Mr. Green across Europe? Have we got that yet? Yeah, so we, um, we, we are originated in, uh, in Amsterdam, in the Netherlands, but we started uh, exploring uh, foreign countries uh, as of three years ago. So we are, our premises are right now in the, in, the, in the Netherlands, but also in Belgium, Denmark, and in uh, Germany. Mm -hmm. And we want to explore uh, France and the rest of Europe as well. 
um, within uh, the, the coming three years. And we're also thinking of going to the United States, um, which is a big step for us, but uh, we're, we're already thinking about uh, scaling our business to, uh, to the other side of the ocean as well. Mm -hmm. All right, okay. Um, and out of interest, um, should this, when I say this, this is all, this is sort of car leasing and autonomous driverless cars leasing, should this be purely and predominantly a commercial offering or, or do you envisage governmental assistance, involvement, or even partnership? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think uh, if, if cars become, um, become self-driving, then uh, um, they will generate an income, uh, mm -hmm. which you could imagine could be like a universal basic income. Mm. Um, so I could imagine that every citizen of the municipality uh, could organize themselves in a kind of a cooperative mm -hmm. to own these self-driving robots. So uh, a municipality could say, we're only going to allow these robots if we are co-owner of them. Mm. And uh, if, you, if, if you look at that from uh, only the, the car side, you can also think of other robots which could be co-owned. So um, we are definitely looking at kind of a community-owned way of, uh, of uh, setting up our, our, our finance structure. So. Uh, at this moment, we already have a, a big community around us, which are financing us. They're, they're mainly impact investors mm -hmm. who want our mission to, 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 be, yeah, to be solved. And, and that's why they invest in us. And they, they, they also want to invest in us because there's a certain amount of, uh, of reward there as well, but mainly because we are doing something that they want us to do. Mm -hmm. So uh, we, we have... A, we have this community which is really asking us to uh, expand um, um, our, our offering to them. So we are trying to figure out how we um, actually going to grow from a leasing company to a kind of a community-owned uh, oh. service uh, together with municipalities or whatever in order to provide a kind of a basic income for, yeah, for the for the society as a whole, I think there, I think there's definitely a possibility out there to to to, to think this way. But it's 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 still a stretch, but it's something that we are exploring. All right. Okay. Um, to end this episode of Headstall, um, I'd like to ask a question about unforeseen problems. Normally, this is the uniform question that I ask all the guests, but because your episode is all about that, I have to I have to change the question. Um. The question is, will the electric car eventually bring about a different type of sustainability problem that we haven't thought about? Please answer that question. Or perhaps will the autonomous vehicle eventually bring about a different type of sustainability problem that we haven't thought about? Yeah, I think both. So first, electric car. And the electric car, it's, uh, it's actually a, 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 you said a computer on wheels, but I always say uh, it's also a battery on wheels. Mm. So, um, if we want to, to um, adopt the alternative energy sources, we also need intermittent uh, battery uh, capacity. Mm -hmm. So, we need a lot, a lot of batteries in order to change from fossil fuels to alternative fuels like uh, sun and, and, and wind. Mm -hmm. So, um, if we need a lot of batteries, why don't we use the batteries which, which are already in a car? Mm. And, 
how good is it to have a, a battery which is on wheels because then you can bring the battery to the place where it needs to be mm -hmm. uh, if it's not self-driving it's actually there's a lot of friction to get those batteries to the place where we need them but if they are self-driving it's going to be easier yeah. so i think that's going to be a huge role uh, which uh, yeah, well the industry understands it but the society doesn't understand it yet mm -hmm. yes yes um interesting um with, with your answer quite a few interesting answers to that because i've interviewed um one or two guests for this new series and they've got some interesting thoughts and worrying thoughts about that um florian minderop an enjoyable conversation today on heads talk many thanks for your time and insights thank you very much for having me it was a pleasure to uh, to explain what we are thinking Thanks for joining me today on this episode of Heads Talk. Don't forget to subscribe to the show via my website, elainepringle.com forward slash Heads Talk, wherever you get your podcasts. Finally, I'd like to thank our sponsors, guests, and you for helping to make the show possible. Please join me next time where I'll be featuring more executives, C-suite leaders, and heads of multinationals. Heads Talk podcast with your host, Elaine Pringle-Schwitter.